you know how good God is? He blessed me with the second toe on my left foot is a little longer than than my my big toe. Oh, wow. That's the only reason why I could play a minor cuz it's a little longer than the big toe. That's amazing. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Bulletin, the official podcast of St. Anthony of Padua. My name is Nate Hoffman. I am the Development and Communications Coordinator at St. Anthony, and I am joined today first by Josh Blakesley. Hey, Josh. Hey, hello. How's it going? It's good. It's going really good. I'm very excited for the conversation we're about to have. This is going to be great. This is going to be a lot of fun. Tony so, Melendez. Tony Melendez is, is uh, about to give us a call. We're going to record our conversation. Um, Josh, you have played with Tony, uh, know Tony from way I, back? I, t- Tony and I go back a little ways. Uh, I've known Tony for a long time. I was excited when Father Jesse mentioned that he was coming in town and and uh, and asked if we could put together a concert here at the parish for him. So uh, it was exciting for me to, to be able to step into that and, and go, yeah, absolutely, this is going to be great because Tony's a talented guy. Um, so it'll be a lot of fun. Beautiful. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Josh. And- Everybody else, stay tuned for our conversation with Tony Melendez. Tony, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm, you know, uh, things are starting to open up, so I'm, I'm real excited because uh, as of this month, a little bit of last month, things kind of sparked open, and I'm traveling all over the kingdom come, and it's been pretty exciting. That's that's awesome to hear. That is good to hear. You've been in Poland, Colombia. You've been in a couple places, just even in the last few weeks, right? Yeah, just uh, every weekend is, like I said, in the, the last uh, month, a little bit sooner than that, uh, really opened up. And it was cool because when you said Poland, it's like John Paul II's calling me. You know, I got that papal kiss years ago, and I went to his homeland. And then now I'm coming to you guys, you know, St. Anthony, which is my, my, my saint. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? It's like my favorite saints and characters and bible people are coming to life and helping me <laughs> well tony thanks so much for uh for coming on the podcast and then coming to saint anthony's here in, in, in just a few weeks we are psyched to have you i know josh uh, when our when our new pastor presented the opportunity josh was like I, hold on i i know him we we, we got to do this this is my happy place this is where <laughs> yeah i was totally excited about about this so we're we're glad you're coming tony for sure yeah well, me too i'm very excited we thought we could give uh the parish like a, i guess a background uh, on you I, I didn't really grow up in the catholic christian music world so i, I don't know a lot of these performers are josh you i i didn't know anything about um your background. So when I started diving in, I was I was blown away. So we thought we could give the, our parishioners uh, a, a background of how you uh, came to be where you are today. So <laughs> I don't know how how did you uh, become uh, Tony Melendez, the the famous guitar player? <laughs> and it all started where you know I picked up the guitar at high school. Just kind of just you know I'm armless. I know some people don't realize that I, I don't have any arms. So there's like you're gonna play the guitar with your feet. It's like that's not supposed to happen. Well, it did happen. And I, the music started, you know, I was able to, I'm not the greatest guitar the greatest guitar player in the world, but, you know, I could play along with people and I could back myself up. And um, I, I love music. And, uh, you know, I'll probably give you a run for your money, you know, when it comes to guitar playing, if you play with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> There's not too many people that do it. So uh, it's been super exciting uh, just because it, it's music's really been part of my life uh, since 16 years old, the guitar playing. But 
even earlier with the singing, I was in choirs and church, you know, uh, high school choirs. So, it, you know, my background has always been related somehow to church and, you know, family. And, I, I, you know, I, I, I love life and things just kind of uh, musically open up for me because of my parents. My dad played the guitar. My mom sang. So there was always that musical link with you know the the music and then church was a big part of our lives uh started coming together and i you know i started writing not liturgy music but uh songs that were spiritual or uh stories and that's what's kind of kept me here in in the catholic musical world yeah tony so you said you started playing uh in in high school did you grow up here in the states or you you were born in Nicaragua, is that correct? Yeah, born in Nicaragua, but I left when I was one years old. Okay. They wanted to correct, a lot of people don't know, but, you know, they wanted to help me with the artificial arms. You know, that that's what everyone thinks. But the real reason why I came is my left foot was clubbed. Um, mm. And they started surgeries in, in Nicaragua, but they can only get it to a certain point. And then they said, well, you're going to have to go uh, somewhere else. And the doctor had a friend living here in the U.S. working out here, and they were able to facilitate and help me get to the U.S. to correct that little left foot. So that's what brought me to the United States was uh, the left foot was need was needed to be operated. That way I could walk. The main thing when I was little was we need to get this little guy on the seat walking, and that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. Later on, we'll put the artificial arms on him. Yeah, yeah. So, so you came into the states, and where did y'all end up? We were uh, pretty close to LAX, you know, Los Angeles, uh, right there by the airport. And uh, you know, later on, I grew up in Chino, California, was uh, kind of like my elementary, you know, mid elementary age. I went to Chino, and you know, th that's where we, where I grew up in that area. So you're growing up in California and learning to play music and and. Uh, going to high school there what what was influencing you musically i'm interested like i mean when you say when you say music in california my brain in that time period instantly goes to the eagles and i'm like i'm a, mm. I'm a huge eagles fan so i was just <laughs> thinking you you said california and and this is probably 70s 80s right yeah. so uh what what kind of music's inspiring you in that time yeah i, I really i love the 70s 80s music is what i grew up with uh but you know some of my kind of favorite bands that I would listen to back then, you know, back then there was really no Catholic singers that I knew that, you know, were famous enough that, you know, were writing music that I, I really enjoyed, but it, it was just the radio, what was on the radio. So, and Fogelberg, you know, the Eagles, uh, you know, uh, Boston, you know, there was just a bunch of eighties band kind of stuff that I really listened to and that I really liked. And uh, you know, even John Denver, you know, I love his kind of stuff just because it was so, so acoustic and people say, ah, it's so hokey, but, you know, I loved it. <laughs> I love John Denver. <laughs> John, take me home, country Take roads. me home. <laughs> <laughs> but you gravitated to uh, the, the Christian and, and Catholic music scene. Do you, do you write, uh, I guess, secular songs? I always have a song on my album that is a secular song. Um, like I redid a song uh, by England Dan, John, John Ford Coley. Light of the world, shine on me, love is the answer. I redid that song, which is, uh, I believe, come, came from the 70s, kind of mid-70s, I believe it was. And um, I always like to have one secular song because if I do something secular, you know, 
uh, I have a good song that I could use that, you know, I could kind of play on their radio and they're like, well, I can't do the Hail Mary. I can, you, we don't want to hear you know, a song about the Pope. So I'm able to come and do a song like uh, Love is the Answer. And I, I redid Peace Train too uh, by Cat Stevens. You know, it's just, oh, there's all of the stuff that I throw on an album, you know, just because of that. Yeah. Peace Train, man, that's a great song. Well, I've been happy lately. Thinking about the good times. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, Tony. I, I guess I'm blown away by the, this story. I I grew up playing guitar, I with my hands, you know, and and I wanted to learn how to play really well, and I didn't have the the drive or the capability to to do that. But I'm sitting here with with both you and Josh, who who managed to make a life out of music. What? What was it that kept driving you to like, you know, I can do this. I, I, I will learn how to play guitar with my feet. You know, even even, you know, having to learn how to play guitar with your feet. I can't imagine many of the music teachers down the street were like, yeah, I can teach you the technique. <laughs> Let me show you how to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, there was no teachers. It just kind of really got just threw it out there. And I started just goofing around with guitar, um, never imagining that it would become such an incredible instrument for my life but the secret what really opened the doors was a, a, an open tuning i seen someone do it which was part of the choir he tuned the guitar different and I thought, what are you doing why does it sound so different and uh, you know i knew enough guitar uh, fingering you know because i would watch my dad play and he was not playing the normal fingering positions like on some of the chords and I was like how are you doing that and he told me about the tuning so when I tried it, uh, just with two toes, I'm able to get minors, major sevenths, and all major chords. So it's enough to uh, musically, you know, play along with other people. That's amazing. I mean, I've been playing guitar for probably 25 years now, I guess, or more. And I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, even with my fingers, some of those, like, you know, minors and major sevenths you just mentioned, that, that's difficult you know, with five fingers, but with your toes, man, I can't even imagine, um, you know, the kind of dexterity that it takes. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Yeah. Josh still struggles with the B chord. Yes. <laughs> oh, bar chords. What's funny is I'm only using two toes. So, you know, uh, I would say that a normal guitar player will use up to three to four fingers to form a chord, you yeah. know? So I, I never, I never use more than two toes. So, in reality, my way is actually easier, but if you can't play a bar chord, that's where people would struggle. Right. So you got to be able to play a bar chord, you know, straight across the neck, basically. And, you know, I'll, I'll cover the, the B string and, and straight across the neck, you know, where the B string is. You know, you know how good God is? He blessed me with the second toe on my left foot is a little longer than, than my, my big toe. Oh, wow. That's the only reason why I could play a minor, because it's a little longer than the big toe. That's amazing. <laughs> that is, I mean, a, what a perspective. That's the, that had the surgery. You know, God formed it. He, know, he knew what he was doing. That's amazing. So for the music nerds out there, uh, what, what open tuning are you using most often? Is it open E, open G? It's a, a D, it's a drop D, I guess. Uh, the, the Hawaiians call, call it something like slaki or something like that. Okay. Uh, I drop the E's to a D and the A to a G. So when you strum it, it's a G chord. Okay. It, there's three octave D's. I think that's why they call it a D tuning, but 
I see. Um, but it plays a G when you strum. Okay. Yeah, when I strum the chord without without touching the neck at all, it's a G chord, automatic mate. Okay. All right. Awesome. That is fascinating. I, yeah. I I love to hear it. So so you learn guitar, you're playing guitar in high school. How did you start touring or, or playing concerts, that kind of thing? Well, you know, first it started in church, you know, playing at mass and you know, I was part of the choir and they they asked me to sing a song and I uh, sang, you know, I sang and played one day and, you know, that shocked people that I was able to play the guitar with my toes. And, you know, you're not supposed to get standing ovations in churches or anything like that. Well, I sang just one song at mass and people were standing and, you know, applauding and, and, you know, like a standing ovation. It's like, whoa, this is not supposed to happen. And I, it felt awkward. It just, it just, you know, I was shocked and the people were moved. You know, it was a blessing and uh, I, I just felt honored. But as time went on, I just kept getting invited to all kinds of any kind of Catholic kind of from retreats to a wedding to funerals, you know, any any place that I could fit a song into. I was doing things like that. And then later on, the conferences and this and that. And until I got to the point where, you know, I, I sang for Pope John Paul II. And that that really just sent me worldwide with my travels and my music. Yeah, so so dive into that a little bit. When did that happen, and how did that pan out? How did you end up in, in a papal audience with your guitar? Yeah, in 1987, the Pope was coming from East Coast to West Coast, and, and he had several stops. I was in Los Angeles. They had something called Space Fridge with the youth. It was 6,000 pe- uh, young people live, and then four cities hooked up live. You know how now you could get like 200 people, you know, hooked up together. It's no big deal. Everyone could see each other and talk. Mm-hmm. Well, back then that was brand new. And we were like, wow, this is so cool. We could see and talk to each other. You know, <laughs> you did a Zoom call in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that wasn't happening. So, you know, that was brand new. So it was so cool. But that papal moment, basically I was there. I was a gift given from the youth of Los Angeles to the Pope. So I was there present and it was a song. I sang a song called Never Be the Same from the youth to him. Oh, nice. Nice. I've seen the, uh, or an image of that, the aftermath of that anyway, when JP2 uh, famously came up and, and, and gave you a huge hug. What was that like, just being approached by a man who uh, is now a saint? And so a, a saint embraced you. I mean, tell us about that. Does that make you a relic? Does that make yeah. you a second class relic? <laughs> <laughs> We've actually got a display case for you here. <laughs> A priest did come up and say, you realize you're a relic. And I go, I'm not dead yet. You know? <laughs> but um, it, it, it's an honor, you know, to even say, hey, you a saint. You know, I, I got to meet him. I got to see him seven times. Pope John Paul II, saint now. So I got to see him, and you know, seven different times. Four of them up close or where we could at, at least acknowledge or say words or, you know, he's hugged me or embraced me several times. One of my favorite moments was in Rome where I'm sitting down and I'm finishing a song and he actually uh, comes up and hugs my head. You know, this was after that big moment in 1987. This was a few years later. He hugs my head. And, you know, if you see that picture, and we'll try to show it while we're there uh, at the church. My head is right up against his heart. So, you know, I could say, wow, man, I, I was so close to a saint, to a, this saint that is so special to many people. And I was right up against his chest, his heart, which is, uh, you know, just a kind of a, a tender kind of place to be. And I, I, I will never forget him. Uh, I, I, at that moment when he kissed me, I was moved. He was moved. The audience was moved. And it was just a special time. 
I, I will never forget it. He jumps into the, in, into the audience. So he's on the stage, jumps into the audience, comes over, uh, and I'm like in shock. And, you know, he's reaching up saying, hey, can you come a little closer? Because I was on the platform that was maybe, say, five five foot. So I had to come down a little bit. That way we could share that kiss that was seen around the world. Just a special time. I'll never forget that. What an amazing story. It says a lot about your own talent and your own beautiful music ministry. And it says a lot about JP, too, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, I love his spontaneity, you know. I miss him at the World Youth Days. You know, we've had and have uh, very beautiful popes uh, in the past and now. Uh, but, you know, I will always cherish uh, John Paul II. Absolutely. So Josh has told me uh, a little bit about your history. I know you guys have maybe played together in the past. Josh has told me about your brother, Jose, who sort of makes it all happen for you. Tell us about your relationship with him. Yeah, you know, as a singer, as a um, performer, as, you know, even, you know, an artist or a minister in, in, in anything that, you know, that you're doing in the church or what have you. It's always good to have a good team. My brother is has become the manager, but in that kind of development, he's also been the sound man, the lighting man, the video guy. Uh, it's good to have someone that's very versatile to kind of help you because when you're out there, you need that kind of help to kind of just keep things going kind of behind the scenes as the program's going on or, or, you know, the, the conference or whatever function you're part of, because things need to happen at the right time. And it really helps to have someone that you trust, uh, they're helping you out. So like I said, he's my manager. He's been the light man. He's carried my guitar. Uh, you know, he's been more than just a brother, which has uh, been very beautiful. His name's Jose Melendez, and I love him dearly. But he's the older brother, and I'm next, and we have two sisters. That's awesome. I, 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 Tony, I'm not sure that that everyone realizes how important the, the the role of you know road manager or even just business manager or whatever it is in in a in the life of a traveling musician or an artist. Like it's. Uh, you know, somebody's got to make sure the contracts are signed. Some, you know, you got to hound people sometimes and follow up phone calls. Somebody's got to pay the band. Some, somebody's got to make sure that interviews are scheduled like this one. You know, so all all of those things are. It takes a great deal of time, and like you said, a team. Um, and and Jose's been there. I mean, he's been there with you. You know, from the beginning. I guess he. You said he's your older brother, correct? Right. He's uh, a couple years old, a year and a half older than I am. You do need that person that you could trust, you know, uh, it just helps, you know, even the apostles, you know, when Jesus was kind of picking his team, he goes, yeah, here, come here, come, I need to talk to you, come sit down. And, you know, he was kind of choosing on who he picked. I, I think it, and later on, even though they weren't the right person right that second, later on, they became pretty amazing people. Yeah, right. Man, it's, it's such a beautiful story to me how you guys have, have stayed so close over the years. And really, I mean, I mean, what? how long has it been, Tony? Uh, decades, right, that, that you guys have been working together? Yeah, it, when I got kissed by the Pope, uh, I started, say, two or three months just by myself. And it was just too much to undertake, um, just to let you know how much I was traveling. Uh, be, before COVID hit, I was still traveling. 15 to 20 days a month. This is before COVID. So before 2020, before 2020. So if you could imagine what it was like shortly after I sang for the Pope, I could have been gone for three months without even going home. Right. Um, and you need people, you need a person with you, uh, someone you trust uh, that again, will just help facilitate things. 
Um, sometimes you even need a like a filter. I think you know Jesus uses his apostles kind of to filter and help, and also to bring people that really need maybe something that maybe you could help them with, or maybe just encouragement, mm-hmm. or maybe just to pray with them. Yeah, you know, because they'll come up to someone else just maybe because they can't get to you, and they'll say, "Hey, if there's any way I could see Tony, la la la," and they start telling them the story. And, you know, it just helps filter just some key things that, you know, sometimes are really important to people and where you could help them. Yeah. That's scriptural, too. Uh, They went out two by two. I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of logic in that. And there's also a lot of, you know, uh, spirituality in that, I think, too. Yeah. And accountability, you know, you know, I'm starting to get too cocky in the head or vice versa. (laughs) You know, we start smacking each other. Yeah. Come on. Come back to earth. (laughs) Right. Kind of Paul and Barnabas vibes a little bit. Uh, one one talks more, one uh, one does the other stuff. So that's right. Tony, you mentioned um, family. Um, you're married. You've got some kids. Tell us about them. How many kids do you have? Yeah, my lovely wife. Her name is Lynn. And when we got married, we couldn't have children, so we adopted two. Uh, I have a daughter named Marisa, 27, and a son. Uh, his name is Andres, and he's 24. Uh, so I'm always excited to be home. You know, this whole COVID time, you know, people were like, well, oh, man, I'm not working, this and that. But, you know, uh, most of my kids' lives, I've been out on the road. Um, and I've, I've just been gone because of so much travel. And COVID shut me down to where I was here every day. And, you know, towards the end of COVID, you know, I was saying, well, you know, I'm glad that you guys were essential because, you know, they they were still, we're still able to pay the bills and we're all together. Um, but, you know, I was sitting here at home by myself thinking, wow, you know, here I am so close to them and I miss so much. Uh, I'm so grateful to have them and, and I love my family. But one thing I enjoyed about COVID is it kept me home uh, with my family. And I'm serious. I've been gone probably half their lives. And half my married life too. So a bit of a blessing in disguise there. Get some yes. get some home time. And you live up in Branson, Missouri? Yes, uh, I moved to Branson, Missouri because I was offered to do a show here. So for four years I had a show here. I don't have it anymore. But it, it took me off the road. And again, I needed that family time. And Branson gave me that. I was able to just come from my house to the theater. I was with my family. They actually became part of the show. My kids were in the show. My, my wife was helping and she sang also a song with me. So we were together and that was, it was a good time because I needed to come off the road for a while. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful part of the world. You get out to Table Rock Lake or Beaver Lake often. Oh yeah. You know, any chance I get, I love fishing and, um, you know, I do it all my toes, you know, I cast with my toes and everything. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, anytime I get a chance to be out on the lake, I'll spend all day out there. You know, I'll leave early in the morning, come back when the sun's coming down or when it's dark. And uh, I love the lakes out here. And, you know, for those of you that are in Houston, it's about a 12-hour drive where you can fly here. <laughs> nice. We'll come, is that an invitation? Are we, We're coming for dinner <laughs> to Melinda's house. We're over or up. I should say up. <laughs> what can we expect to hear or see at the at the Tony Melendez concert that's coming up here October 15th? Yeah, I'm uh, very excited to be coming. And you'll hear some of my songs. You'll hear songs you'll recognize. Uh, you'll see the moment when the Pope kissed me. Uh, I'll show pictures of my family. 
Um, you could hear songs from like Let It Be to The Lord's Prayer. I mean, uh, voy a hablar español para los que hablan español. I speak Spanish, so I'll do a little Spanglish. And uh, <laughs> it's it's a, just a little mix of uh, music and visuals. And uh, I hope you come and enjoy. I've been there in the past. Uh, I believe this will be my third third time that I've been there, maybe even fourth now. And uh, I, I love being there. And again, I thank St. Anthony, uh, not just the parish, but the saints. Uh, for bringing me to you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're and we're so glad you're coming, Tony. I mean, always well-received when you get here. I mean, as soon as we made the announcements, uh, tickets started selling fast, and so we're excited that, that you're coming and um, uh, excited for you to be here. I am too. I'm very, very excited. I'm looking forward to being there. Hey, Nate does, uh, he does some quick, he does some lightning round questions uh, okay. with some of our podcast guests. Uh, would you be open for the lightning round here? Let's go. Okay, Tony, um, here we go. What is your favorite book? Book? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not a big reader. Uh, whatever's on the iPhone. Stumped you right away. <laughs> But let me tell you this: When you don't have hands and you got to turn pages in the book, you got to throw the book on the floor, slam it a few times with my foot, and then it stays open. And then uh, that's why I don't do the book too often. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense, I guess. Uh, okay, favorite time of year, season? Uh, uh, summertime. Summertime. Okay. What's your favorite prayer right now? Prayer, the Anima Christi. Anima Christi means wow. the soul of Christ. Um, favorite saint? Favorite saint: John Paul II. Carol Waltiwa. Of course, of course. Um, and how, how do you spend your free time besides fishing? Uh, I love graphics. I don't know what I'm doing, but I love it. Oh, interesting. Nice. Like <laughs> art? Yeah. Yeah, you know, manipulating pictures, putting text in it, that kind of stuff. Cool. Okay, last one. What is an obscure topic, you know, not music or Catholicism, an obscure topic that you could talk for hours about? Ooh. Hours about. You know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's a well, tough one. Well, I guess different. I would say uh, not having arms. I could tell you everything about not having arms. That is, uh, yeah. I bet you're an expert. Yeah, I bet you're an expert in that one for sure. <laughs> I could tell you how to use your feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, beautiful. Tony, thanks so much for coming on our podcast and, and, and traveling down to St. Anthony's. Like Josh said, we're so excited to have you. Um, and I think a lot of our parishioners are very excited as well. So... Uh, looking forward to it. And thanks for spending time with us this morning. Well, thank you, Nate. Thank you, Josh. It's been a pleasure, uh, you know, being here on this podcast. Uh, remember, if you're not doing anything, we're waiting for you at the concert. Come on down. We'd love to see you. Folks, we're so excited to welcome Tony Melendez uh, to concert here at St. Anthony of Padua, 7 p.m. on October 15th. Tickets are 12 apiece. You can get a family pack of four or more for 10 apiece. And they will be $15 at the door. So get them early. Get them early. Go to ap.church slash concert to find those tickets. Um, buy them online. And, and yeah, spread the word. Bring family. Bring friends. It'll be a really entertaining and inspiring show. Josh, thanks for joining me today. Hey, it's been good to be here, Nate. So glad we got to visit with Tony. And thanks for having me. Yeah. See you next time, everybody. See you on October 15th.